Hi, everybody. I'm finally back with Richard Rudd to do the Venus sequence of the Gene Keys. And I know many of you have been waiting quite a long time for this. I'm excited. And uh, one of the things that really intrigues me here is Richard says that our life is shaped by the years between 14 and 21 when it comes to our relationships, especially our closest relationships. So thinking back, what was your life like between 14 and 21? Who were the major influences? What did you do? How did you feel? This is going to come up in the conversation today. So let's go to Richard to get further into it. Hi, Richard. Hi, so lovely to be here. <laughs> it's we've we've waited a few months on this one to get people dangling and i've had requests when are you going to have richard back on again to do the venus sequence because you know what the thing that's being challenged most in the world right now i think with all of the um intense energies is our human relationships people are just scrambling to and hanging on by their fingernails trying to figure out how to relate to each other and there are a lot of factors involved in that so would you agree that that's really the big i think so i think it's maybe always been that way but but i i absolutely agree i think <laughs> when when crisis comes that is the area that people really struggle with yes and there's something in this. I'm going to read something very quickly before we go into it, because I just loved it when I read this in your book. And of course, this is the Venus sequence. Okay, so I'm on page 89 here. And it says the idea that we can continually integrate our childhood, even as we age, is what leads to a very fulsome life. There are gifts we had as teenagers that we may have forgotten. I love that. Because in many schools of thought is leave childlike things and childish things behind. You have to grow up and move away from the inclinations of your youth and your teenage years to be an adult, you know, to woman up, to man mm. up. You're saying, mm -mm, no. So please explain that a little bit before we get into it, because we're going to look at your chart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I like this kind of idea that we are multi-aged. You know, we are not one age. You know, we are we are all the ages we've ever been, you know, so, you know, there's times where we're four and there's times when we're 12 and there's times when we're, you know, 22 and and we're all of those ages. And and so the way I have understood things or formulated things through the Gene Keys and through particularly this Venus sequence uh, is it's a little bit um, inspired by some of the, the early works of Rudolf Steiner. Um, who obviously was the founder of, of all the Waldorf schools around the country and around the world. Big, big fan. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes. me too. My um, my children have been to some of his schools. And, my son as well, yes. Yeah. And the, what Steiner kind of um, put forward is this notion of the seven-year cycles. It's not, a, it's not an unknown notion that we live in seven-year cycles and that our cells of our body uh, are reformatted most of them not all of them but most of them are reformatted every seven years so we have a new body every seven years essentially um and and so what he proposes that these three seven-year cycles of our childhood so the first one up to up to seven or eight and then you know which is the form the which he applied to our physical being you know the will the, the 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 power of our the divine will if you like and as it shaped us and as it shaped our organs and we grow and then the second one from eight to 14 um uh puberty that really strongly relating to our emotional life 
um, or some call that astral life. And then thir- the third seven-year cycle from 14 to 21, our teenage cycle, um, our mental development. Now, that doesn't, you know, you, when I say that, it doesn't like m- it. The mental is there all along. The emotional is there all along. The physical is there all along. So it's a broad, these are broad brushstrokes. But the more deeply you go into that, you realize there's really something in it. So when you mentioned the third seven-year cycle of imprinting, the teenage cycle, that is where the, you know, the neurology of the brain is absolutely opening up, you know, and so there there are new neurons potentially firing all over the place as that brain expands and and so recapturing some of that magic of that time of magic is really important and keeps us younger you know so Ugh. the venus sequence is all about what happened to you when, in the in that cycle and where were the places that you maybe shut down defensively you know or where that mind begun to calcify in certain areas um and how has that how has that carried on in your life so what what opinions have formed that kind of actually prevent you from experiencing deeper love or deeper empathy those kind of things so it's really interesting looking into the venus sequence because it is this journey back into what makes us tick literally oh my god yeah, as I was prepping for this, and and I thought, hmm, because I love your art of contemplation book. Everybody, everybody in the world should have a copy of it. Honestly, <laughs> anybody that doesn't have one, please, before you do anything, before even before the gene keys, you've got to get the art of contemplation so you lay the foundation for being able to absorb all of this. And so I contemplated, and I've got to say, this is kind of a vulnerable thing to say, but. I thought 14 to 21. First of all, at 14, I had my first boyfriend till 18. And mm. everything was about whatever we did together. Romeo and Juliet kind of idealized love that was living in the flesh. And mm. that became really a template for what later has become a challenge in relationships in my case, for example, that feeling of intoxication is in your chart and mine. So that that's one type. So for you, tell us about your 14 to 21 and how that shaped you. Yeah, I guess for many of us, you know, we're at school or in some institution, yeah. um, not all of us, but for many. And, and were you so, in private school? And yeah, you- I was. Was pretty, it boy, was it integrated boys or, or just? Uh, there were some girls. It was pretty privileged male. Yeah, date. yeah, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> I know the same. Um, yeah, so not too healthy. Oh. Um, and I guess you know a lot of intellectual stimulation, overstimulation, and um, and and so I guess for me it was a time of uh, my keys were fifteen. My key there is fifty nine and fifty nine line one, and that. And that relates to, you know, we, what we say in the Venus sequence is that's the development of our IQ, you know. Um, so our IQ really forms itself. So our intellectual intelligence, um, you know, our mental intelligence really crystallizes in those years. And obviously that is when we are in education, many of us, as I said. But also it's founded upon our earlier cycle which, you know, the, the puberty cycle, uh, which, you know, it's just that second seven-year cycle where our EQ is really forming, you know, so the basis of our emotional intelligence, and that depends highly on our parents and, and how our, how we were 
how we were kind of held by our parents and maybe in early schools and and those kind of things and and how we were how we handled our our puberty years and sexuality mm -hmm. you know that whole phase so yeah for me um it was a time of trying to keep that kind of soft heart part of me still alive Ooh, that's hard um, in british public schools hard. yeah Whoa. so for my way i think i've i've managed to just about keep it alive by by i was in a boarding school and so i my thing was i sneaked out often into nature and it's like i was a bit of an anomaly because most of the boys were sneaking out to kind of have cigarettes or something I was sneaking out to commune with nature just yeah, to, be, to, out trees. In, to yeah. be out like in the field yeah um where I got a real ecstatic hit so people were you know if, if, if once or twice when I was caught people assumed I was like doing something bad and they wouldn't you know it's like not like I could say <laughs> I'm here because I need my hit from nature <clears throat> but anyway um that was one of the ways I tried to keep it alive but for many of us it's it's such a difficult period, you know, that teen cycle. It's so challenging. Um, and, you know, understanding how it was for you and what happened to you is so key. It's not something you can just do. No. Um, as you said, it's contemplation. You have to contemplate back what happened to me. Sometimes we, we draw mind maps and things and memory maps to kind of uh, – and maps of – uh, in the Venus sequences, sometimes we we draw maps of like the figures who influenced us in our life most. It's really interesting to see who whether whether they were teachers or maybe they were uncles or aunts or you know friends or friends of the family or you know in, who impacted us in a in a healthy way and in an unhealthy way. Mm -hmm. um, and tracking all that gives you a sense of these are the sort of mentor figures that stalked your brain you know your brain development and what teachers inspired you and which teachers didn't inspire you you know shut you down or you felt bored or trapped or all of that is part of that cycle and and as you said the relationships you know the sexuality the insecurity the inadequacy the, all the all those feelings welling up and then that coming through the brain um so when you look at your gene keys and you're looking in the venus sequence you're looking at specific places where they're called keys for a reason where doors can be opened or reopened um through and the memory can come back and the neural pathways that weren't allowed to fully develop can now develop you know they can open up again even if you're 80 you know, you can suddenly find all these neural pathways that you shut down or were shut down because of something that happened or a field that you found yourself in. And, and then, yeah, and then they open up again. By simply rediscovering them or, I mean, obviously, I think you would have to apply some consciousness to it, right? Well, yeah, that's what the keys are. The yeah. keys, are, the gene keys are very specific algorithms, you yeah. know, so they, so you're the very specific key that you have, you'll have a key, one of 64 and a one of six lines. Yes. And that's a very specific code. So when you understand what that code means and you contemplate it and you contemplate the shadow of that gene key or, you know, so mine as an example was 59 you know and that's about dishonesty the shadow is dishonesty so that that often means dishonest with oneself or 
you're facing dishonesty or something. Anyway, something shuts down. And then what's hidden behind that is intimacy. So intimacy then shuts down because of that dishonesty dishonesty and then the beauty of the transparency is lost you know so there's a whole story for each person that helps them to unlock what was it that kind of caused a lock you know and it was a protective mechanism you know it's like it's always a defense mechanism that's trying to protect ourselves from the suffering of the world and so what was your mental lock is really key and then you go deeper in the venus sequence and you go for as you get past the mental lock you you open up the floodgate of that memory and then you get to the emotional lock which lies deeper because it lies in that earlier cycle it might have might have been something that happened when you were eight or nine or you know seven um you know and it might not have been a single thing it might have just been a whole you know period that slowly shut you down in some way and so you but then so then you go into that deeper lock of the emotional lock it's a floodgate and when you open up that floodgate through this deep contemplation work with the gene keys then so you're talking all, about the eq essentially yeah, the eq on yeah, the chart which people are just seeing there yeah and i was just looking at your eq your eq is based in in on a consciousness level bounteousness and competence but then also compromise yeah yeah exactly so, that's so have you had to compromise a lot in your life emotionally for sure i mean i was sent to a boarding school you well, know so, that's a big one <laughs> so, and so when you when you're cut off from the mother's love at that age for me it was at age seven or eight you know so it was exactly at the beginning of that cycle um you begin to see you begin to see these patterns you know when you when you understand your algorithms you really begin to see why the things happen to you the way they happened and seeing why you're like wow it was all kind of meant to be that way and even though it was horrible and painful in some way you realize that there's a gift in it and and so but you also have to kind of see the pattern in acting today and you don't have to look any further than your relationships <laughs> to see it so yeah. <laughs> the moment you look in your relationships, there it is. There's the compromise. There's the emotional compromise for me, you know. And so it's me giving away my power or it's, you know, or it's me overexerting my power, my emotional power to try and stay in control of something. Mm -hmm. Those are the patterns. So when you really understand your specific emotional patterns, you can disable them, you know. And then when, as you disable them through that self-awareness, then you the, the the true emotion of that time that that bounteousness in my case starts to come back and the heart starts to open again you start to feel emotionally capable again instead of emotionally illiterate you know yeah that's that's what we mean by having a high eq yeah you develop yeah. your emotional intelligence yeah and i i'm just looking at the same time as you're speaking about this, the compromise that uh, emotionally you had to overcome, I look at mine and mine was bliss and vitality, uh, key number 58, right? And mm -hmm. that is how I felt in those young years. I was 
blissed out a lot of the time. I didn't care much about academic pursuits at all. It was so, I think partly because I was very, very bored. Everything moved so slowly. So, so poetry and art and science were okay. I couldn't really couldn't function well with the rest of it. It was just too slow where you were forced to have to deal with that. You could not in that environment, not do your work. We're mm. <laughs> a whole no. different system. So I could be blissed out dancing yeah. and with my boyfriend every day having a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> so we had quite opposite types of EQ experiences. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, and IQ experiences. Yeah. So when you so the way these lines move when we're looking at the chart and everybody's seeing this um anyway is it goes first does it go first from the iq to the eq how does how does it move direction yeah because you know it's like the you know it's really interesting actually these three seven-year cycles of imprinting the physical in the first seven years the emotional in the second seven years the mental in the third seven years that's our whole childhood right up to adulthood yes. right and then the three trimesters of the womb in the womb are also in each of those trimesters is connected to each of one of those cycles. So the mm -hmm. first trimester is the first seven years, the second, the second seven years, the third, the third. So you have this incredible kind of trinity kind of programming pattern that's bound that that, that is wound into every single human being. Doesn't matter whether you were born early or anything like that. You know, because it's about the, you know, well, it might make a difference in, at some level if you came out early, because that third trimester, it would be cut short in some way. But then that would also be part of your storyline. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the gene keys of each of your um, per those periods that relate to those times, you get to unpick the weave of this story. So those gene keys, you start with the IQ because it's the most, it's nearer the surface and it's the mental. Let's go and here then, and then over yeah. to the EQ. And then yeah. where do we go from there? And then from there to what we call the SQ. And the SQ is like our spiritual intelligence or our soul intelligence, because it's the first seven years of our lives. And the first seven years of our lives are when literally our organs are developing and we are learning to be in a body. You know, this is all incarnation, right? We're still incarnating when we're 21, actually. We're just kind of closing that that series. You know, we're still coming in. And for many people, but because of these locks and things, people don't fully come in because it's too frightening. So they, yeah. So the lock cuts us off maybe emotionally or it cuts us off physically so a part of our soul doesn't get to arrive it stays outside the body and so um this is why it's like really profound working with the venus sequence because as you work with it more of your soul starts to inhabit your body it starts to inhabit your emotional life it starts to inhabit your physical life so you get more vitality coming back to you you get more of that childlike wonder you get more of that open-hearted that so critical yeah that is critical because upon incarnation it is such a challenging life that lies ahead for every soul who incarnates to earth there's even the best yeah. of lives it's just challenging we're sandwiched between the dimensions of the lighter and the darker and so Usually. every single thing that we experience is going to pull us you know, conscious and on a consciousness scale, one direction or the other. So I can understand why people would hesitate and say, nah, I'm just, 
I'll just put my foot in the water. And you're saying that's what a lot of people are doing between the ages of one and seven when they're developing. They just have a pinky in it in the game and they haven't fully embodied. Yes, because something, again, in the first trimester when you were in the womb, because when you're in the womb, you're just floating, right? You're absolutely transparent. We now know this through science, like the the you know, as those senses are coming online, as those little tiny organs are developing, everything that the mother feels, senses, thinks, you know, is moving through the child. Mm -hmm. And the environment around the mother is moving through the child. The the life force of, of all the beings around is moving. The sound environment, the audio, the smell, it's all moving through this transparent, tiny fetus. And so everything that comes in is kind of programming a storyline, an allegory to unfold in that child's life, their dharma, the ancients call that, the dharma. So it's all pre, at some level, it's preloaded in because everything kind of happens in its coordinated timing and its choreography. So even things that are very difficult, let's say you're born in the middle of a war, you know, or a war zone or something, and that comes into your that comes into the fetus, and that and in, or or let's say your child, your parents have a really blazing row at some point in your you know with the yeah. in the fetus that goes straight into the child, and it's and it's wound into the organ system, so it then shows later at that exact same place in the in the cycle and then it reoccurs again in the next cycle and the next cycle so but at a different fractal level so you have these these kind of wound patterns that are repeating in a kind of logarithmic it's very mathematical it's it's it's, it's very al it's, these are algorithms right. the algorithms of our wounding right but they're also the algorithms of our awakening <laughs> so we have to understand yeah their sequence of, yeah. that's why it's called the venus sequence, sequence. because it's that makes unfolding as you're as you're speaking i'm thinking then um in this period of time with all we're absorbing in the womb might this be also associated with kind of the classic understanding in chinese medicine and other systems that for example the liver has to do with anger the lungs have to do with grief is this how it might start programming the body then is that what you're saying Absolutely. Yeah. Whichever system you look through, you're going to see the same story, but through a different lens. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, yeah, if it's Chinese medicine, you're looking at it through the five element cycle and it's wound into that cycle. So if there's a if there's a kind of break in the cycle in some way, it gets passed on from one element to the other, from one organ to the next. And then you have these these feedback loops that are kind of trapping us in certain patterns mm -hmm. and those patterns ultimately are very they're, they're cellular they're memory memory implants or uh, the ancients call them sanskaras you know the the indians you know from the vedas sanskaras are like wound plates or wound slates in our in our subtle bodies um but they're also wound opportunities you know, they're wormholes to higher states of consciousness. And that's the secret of the Venus sequence, yeah. that we are, it's a wound map. There aren't many things that give you, give us that level of, of a map of our wound, wounding, and most yes. people wouldn't want to look there. <laughs> that is but true. But if you realize that your wound opportunities are wormholes to higher states of consciousness, you really want to go there and you want to know about them and you want to understand them. 
and you want to contemplate them and you want to kind of unlock them. And that's what the Venus sequence is all about. Yeah, it's that's incredible. The be- that's the beauty of gene keys across the board yeah. is exactly yeah. um, the shadow all the way through to the uh, through the gift. I hope you're enjoying this video because if you are, there are dozens more like it on my site, all supported by people like you. So if you'd like to keep this work rolling in and join our community, just click on the Patreon button at reginameredith.com. That also gives you access to insider commentary, my live book club, and other live events with special guests. So join in. Thanks. So we were just looking at the SQ, which is the spiritual quotient, which you say begins developing from birth to the age of seven. And in your case and my case, so you can cover it for both of us, we both have key number 56, which is intoxication, um, enrichment, and then distraction. So maybe Mm -hmm. just briefly, I do understand the intoxication part well (laughs) and the distraction part well. So go ahead and talk about it for yourself. Yeah, for me, I think, you know, when you when you look at your SQ, you're looking at a place of pure innocence. You know, the first seven years of your life, you're looking at the essence that your soul is here to convey out to the world. And it's carrying something from another realm. So if you have an essence like intoxication, 56, then it's going to kind of, it, it is a, it is a kind of, prevalence for blissful states or higher states and um like i said you know later in my seven years in my third seven year cycle i sought out places where i could feel those states but i didn't know what it was i was doing yeah um and for some people they would shut down earlier and they would you know for many people that that we forget those states much earlier um i was fortunate in, in some respect that you know, but I think I was destined to kind of hold on to those states a little bit so I could become a teacher of these things. But it doesn't mean I suffered any less. It could, anyway, the, the, if, you, if you have one of those, you know, like the SQ is the soul essence. You know, wherever you look at your SQ, I mean, if you're looking at your profile now and look at that single SQ, it's the most powerful place. Um in in your in your kind of soul's life to really mm-hmm. understand especially that higher gift that intoxication because as you open up your faculties again that's what wants to come out into the world that's what wants to be shared and the gift of that is the gift of enrichment which is you know overcoming the distractions of the world that pull you out through your senses and out in, you know to escape your suffering and the enrichment is actually about going into the suffering and into the source of the suffering and drawing the riches out so that you, you know, through that process is where you get to intoxication or you arrive at states, higher states. Um, so that has, you know, and it doesn't, you know, it never stops. That's my, you know, and you, 56, yeah. that, those keys will always be with us. And every key has a mythology to it. And this SQ is specifically connect to our mythology the eq to our ideology and the iq to our psychology so they're layers of our being but our mythology is much deeper than our psychology for example it's what we've come in with from past existences and so our myth you know if you have a 56 as a myth the 56 is all those mythologies of like um you know when they're like the gods that um or the deities 
that get intoxicated by the divine toxins you know they're they're the bacchanalian gods or i mean i ended up as a wine merchant's son <laughs> son you know and and being a wine connoisseur the toxin and and spirits you know so the the, the jokes of our mythology when we really understand it are beautiful I love it. I mean, I think back on it. So, okay, so I'll just briefly uh, share my bit. So I had a break with family at two that was would be considered a a, a severe break with family. I was in the family, but I was in a bubble from that point on. I only trusted myself when I had made my own decisions. I was a free agent from the age of two, pretty much. And so what my life was about is I don't remember feeling those those feelings per se of being separate. But what I do remember is feeling, okay, where's the smoothest concrete to roller skate today? You know, where can I pick some flowers and make little lays? Where can mm-hmm. I, uh, what you know, if it's raining out, I wanted to do a painting or a drawing. And I, I did poetry as well. And so for me, it was always about, and dance was probably at the center of it. I went to a neighbor's house and saw, I lusted after at five, they had a coffee table book of ballet. And I asked if I could borrow it and went home and taught myself the basic five positions and such. And so here we are all these years later, and in stressful times, I'm immediately right back in dance, salsa, tango, feeling the ecstasy of the dances. So I'm thinking that key may have been key and taking a difficult situation and day to day, just finding the intoxication amidst all of that. Yeah. I mean, the 56, its mythology is really about diving into life. Yeah. You know, it's about diving into yeah. life. It's not about escaping or transcending. Yeah. It's, I mean, you might transcend by going in. So you, so you go into the toxins of the world. You don't shy away from them. You're not, this is not a purification path. It's right. a tantra path, you know, yeah. where you dive into things and, and, and you can recognize that 56 in anyone when you meet them. You know, I have many in my business who I work with who, who carry that same key and, it's a, there's a certain quality to us. Yes. <laughs> well, know. there is. It's like full tilt. <laughs> yeah. I scare my tango partners. I show up with right. much energy. I love it. Uh, okay. So yeah. now we go from the SQ. Where do we go from there directionally? Yeah. You go across one more to what's called the core wound. And um, we just call it the core sometimes. And it's it's a such a powerful place and when you get to that level it's it's so, i'm really, looking at your chart it doesn't call i did it doesn't it call probably it, calls it and they might call it vocation on vocation there. i see right. vocation we've got it okay yeah your vocation um, 57 because in the in the profile you know you have these sequences and they turn into other sequences they flow and so the vocation is the beginning of the next sequence called the pearl sequence which is another whole journey but in the Venus sequence, it's known as the core or the core wound. So we, we don't write them all on the profile itself. But when you study and go into and contemplate each sequence, you learn the codes. So that pathway, because the pathways have names as well, the pathway between the SQ and the core wound is called the pathway of realization. It's a very special, you know, and these pathways are like, natural organic flowerings of consciousness in human beings so we as we walk these paths as you walk deeply into your own suffering you will everyone comes to that pathway of realization 
you know, so you can't get to realization without going through your suffering. It's not possible. <laughs> okay. Yep. It's like, that's what the Buddha taught. That's what the great gotcha. teachers have always taught. <laughs> so that pathway is a really key, deep pathway because it leads from the point of birth, which is what the SQ represents, birth coming out into the seven-year seven year cycle, of, and it leads into the nine-month cycle of the womb and conception. So it takes us to the point of conception. This is in our memory. This is in our awareness, not necessarily our conscious memory. And for our awareness to travel back to the point of our conception, not our memory necessarily, but our awareness, is to come to full enlightenment or full awakening. You have to get back to that singularity mm -hmm. of that point of conception in your awareness. And that's what that's why the enlightened state is always described in that way as like a, an empty state or a, a singularity you know where where all identification is lost because you you then you're you're no longer even a fetus <laughs> you know you're just a moment in you know you're 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 an explosion a supernova you know you're, you're a, it's it's a it's a beautiful mirroring of the beginning of the universe the point of conception it's a big bang Mm -hmm. literally indeed yeah indeed. so it's a mimicking of the big bang and in that moment your soul crystallized you know through dna from your parents but it crystallized and it, and it fully started to kind of open its petals and then come into this incarnative form so for the awareness to travel back to the core wound you know when you really understand the pattern of your core wound you really begin to understand even deeper than your mythology, you, you know, a kind of alchemy that you're here to bring to the world. That's why we call it your vocation. Yeah. So in your case, it's key number 57, and you're talking clarity, intuition, and then unease as the shadow. Unease. Yeah. So when you come to the core wound, the lines also become very important. In yes. And you are so line, line one. one. Yeah. So when you look into, as you're studying your Venus sequence, you're going into it, you're looking into these lines and you go very deep into each of the lines. And so a line one wound is a wound of repression. It's a wound based on fear, you know, and a line two is a line that is a wound of anger, of denial. A line three is a wound of shame. A line four is a wound of rejection. A line five is a wound of uh, guilt. A line six is a wound of isolation and separation. So these are like the core wounds of humanity. And they tr and they get the deeper you go into them, you realize they don't even stop in individuals. They tr the, the six lines also track the, the racial wound patterns as well. They become invasion and they become colonization. And there's the same algorithms mm -hmm. traveling into the racial gene pool, the individual gene pool, our emotional life, our mental life. It's all like when you come into the Venus sequence and you really it take, it's like a nine month minimum exploration to begin to grasp it. But as you grasp the algorithms, not necessarily intellectually, because it's not about that. You cut, you realize everything in this world is just patterned and coded. That's why they, the ancients called it a Maya, you know, because it's, it's, it's a matrix. It's a matrix ruled by numbers, by, by, by num, you know, our days are numbered, you know? Yes. And, and it, so there's a, there's a beautiful mathematics to the Venus sequence that's so precise 
because it shows us this this karma that we've brought with us. So so when you, when you understand you're a line one wound, then you're holding a core wound of fear for humanity. You you realize that's the deepest thing you're going to have to work with your whole life. So I don't know which which one line number are you. Uh, my line is I am twenty eight three. So in three. A, in I thought a, you were three. Twenty eight three. So what yeah. would that be in a nutshell? Well, the three. If we put aside the jinky for a moment, just looking at the lines because they're so, you know, they give us so much information. That the line three wounds are shame. Mm-hmm. And and but this isn't like personal. This is cosmic shame. Yeah. It's yeah. like cosmic fear. Like the line one is repression. So you're going to see in me a, a fundamental when I'm when I am threatened. What when I feel threatened in my being, I'm going to repress. I'm going to hide. I'm going to contract. In a third line, when you feel threatened, you're going to run. <laughs> You know, because it's it's a very different pattern. Yeah. If you're a second line, you're going to attack. You're going to lash out. You know, they're very. If you're a fourth line, you're going to kind of become incre- incredibly armored. If you're a fifth line, you're going to try and manipulate your way out. And if you're a sixth line, you're you're just you're not even going to be present. Mm. You're, you're going to kind of separate yourself entirely from the situation and stand above it you know like maybe go up into your head and like intellectually try and deal with it so these are the different ways in which core wounds manifest so when you understand yours and you go oh my god that is exactly how i behave (laughs) really revealing and knowing these core wounds and knowing there's only six in the world you can you know even without knowing people's sequence you see them everywhere you know, so in your in your partner, you'll see once you read all the six lines, you'll see immediately which, without knowing their profile, you don't need to. You, you'll just know which one they are because <laughs> because it's the it pattern that always yeah, it's the pattern you always meet. So if you're a third line wound, um, they the third line is escapist. It it tries to it's because it's shame and shame tries to escape. Mm-hmm. tries to escape itself escape feeling doesn't want to feel its shame it doesn't want to feel that but it's it, it's it's the shame of being born it's the shame of the mother it's the shame of the elders of the ancestors it's the shame of you know it's cosmic shame and and so we so you carry that and then you have to play that out in some way in your life and maybe you see it in your children and maybe yeah. you maybe you you know you find it around you and it's a story to unlock but it can also be a beautiful story because behind that shame lies incredible compassion. So, the, so each of the lines has a gift. Yeah, you know, yeah, So you absolutely. can you can turn it. You know, as you're talking, no, that makes perfect sense. And as you're talking, what I'm thinking is, I wonder if that great sense that cosmic down to down to personal sense of shame might also feed into. Uh, I can be very easily manipulated uh, to make, to feel guilty for things mm-hmm. I haven't even done. Guilt Absolutely. has to be part of shame. Absolutely, they're connected. They're they're always connected. Yeah. Um. You yeah. You just you know like if I'm so if I'm kind of talking to a third line person, you know, or, or someone who's in a relationship with a third line wound, I I would kind of counsel them. I'd say, look, you know. This is a, you're living with a person that always needs to know there's a back door, you know, 
Um, And if you give them the freedom, if the third line feels free, they will relax. If they feel that some way someone is going to trap them, um, they get very, very nervous. And you can't, they can't be with you. They can't be open. Yeah. So each of the lines has a different way. You have to handle them in different ways. This is something, I mean, we're just touching the surface of all of these in this interview right now. However, it's so delightful for each person to go through and in their own quiet time contemplate every one of these. So now we go here. We have not talked about attraction in the Mm. Venus sequence. So the attraction, does that come from the IQ that can go downward as well? Yeah, the attraction is... Yeah, it's sort of earlier in the sequence. So you, you know, you attract in the exact partner that you need to work on your wound, right? So this whole thing about the law of attraction, um, you know, you attract the the you attract the wound that you need from that person, and and it's beautiful because you might attract some lovely person, and they may, you know, and you fall in love and all that. But actually, you're also attracting in, you know, an energy that needs that you need to learn from so that you can understand your wound and forgive yourself more clearly. It's a very different way of looking at relationships. It means that you can't there's no mistakes in the attractor field. The attractor field is 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 kind of rigged from the beginning, which is why you look at that gene key and that line and you'll see how your attractor field is rigged. And if you. If you're operating at a lower frequency, that attractor field will attract the shadow. It will attract in a partner the shadow of, you know, so it will bring in that into your field. And then it, remember, every other person has a Venus sequence as well. So they have all their shadows in their sequence and their gifts. Yeah, it's really interesting looking at the Venus sequence. And one of the things we do in the program is we look at how how the chemistry between attractor fields interacts with each other and it's something that in the future might become an app because it's really it's quite fun as well yes please so you so uh, you know if a you know if a line three attracts a line two then you can look at the two shadow patterns like the line two is the one that can can be aggressive and the line three is the one that can run away so you've got someone who's aggressive and someone who just runs. Right. <laughs> right. So, and that's the, and that's the story of your your arguments. Like one tries to be aggressive and the other's gone. Right? Okay. Probably even left the relationship. Well, you're right. you're a one. You're a, you have I'm a one. one. Again. So you have a so you have a one and a four, you know? And and so you have a one that kind of hides and represses and then a four that pushes and and is is cold when threatened. And so they reinforce each other. So you end up with these patterns that, but then if you look at them at the higher level, the one is. Oh, I see something there. Okay. Let me just interject this. If you have a one and a four and the shadow for yours on attraction is hunger. If someone is cold and rejecting you, it creates a hunger to be accepted and connected. Right. So that's how your shadow might play out. Say with a four. Totally. So when you understand the gene key, the line, the shadow, you get to see the story of your relationships, you know, just written out. And, and, but you can, all, as you disable the 
the difficult patterns through your awareness, you attract in different energies. That's the truth. That's where the, the law of attraction is correct. But you have to do the shadow work in order that you can attract in the higher frequency of a person, of another person. So you need to attract it. You'll attract in a person who also has self-awareness. And then you won't be meeting their shadow pattern all the time. You'll be meeting some someone who has self-awareness and someone who perhaps even has unlocked some of their city, some of their highest energy. And, and you know, whichever. In an ideal situation, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's what happens when we fall in love, actually, because we meet each other's cities. Yes. We meet each other's highest essences. Yeah. And, and we see that. But then soon the wound comes yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Because it hasn't, yeah, because it hasn't been processed fully. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Now we are going to go finally to purpose, which goes from attraction to purpose. Um, and you're a five, six, which has to do with timelessness, patience and impatience. So six is the, is your line in that. So let's talk about what that means. Cause this kind of finishes up the Venus sequence. Yeah. And we sort of gone backwards there, but that, yeah, we're going it's, backwards, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, because it's a nice, place to end and begin is you know the the purpose which if you look in your jinkies your profile you'll see it's the the foundation of your your first sequence called your activation sequence and we call that core stability it's where you know you actually you know unless you have done your inner work how can you be in a relationship with another person you know, because you don't have a, unless you know your sense of purpose inside your body, unless you can embody it. Um, so mine is five, Jinky Five, which is all about patience. You know, so unless I can truly embody patience, you know, and over the long term, then I can't be in a relationship with anyone. Not clearly, because I all I have is this hunger, this impatience, this restlessness, and that nothing's ever right. Nothing's ever right about this other person I'm with or this, you know, because there's always this restlessness in me. And unless I attend to that, you know, and I learn the skill and art of patience and even timelessness where I accept everything, then I can't be stable in a relationship. You know, I can't. And if I can't be stable in a relationship, how how am I going to ever how is that relationship ever going to flower and be a good relationship? It can't be. So, example. so when you come to your purpose, that's what you come to. You come to a place in you that you have to come to deep um, acceptance of and you have to tackle that shadow. Um, and then as you do, you begin to feel your purpose in, and you're more of your soul inhabiting your body. And then you can be in a relationship with someone properly, you know. Okay, then I'm going to give you mine. Mine is 49, which is rebirth, revolution and reaction. Yeah, How so that play out. Well, so you, yeah, well, you will probably draw in with that um, powerful emotional people, you know, that that will likely provoke you or have a, you know, and then that part of you that is what, you know, the third line wound that wants to kind of run might play out the revolutionary component, you know, and, um, you know, part of the story is, you know that revolution can either be a positive thing or it can be a negative it can be a, it can be a destructive thing and so that 49 is is all about coming to terms with um 
you know, overcoming reaction patterns in relationships, emotional reaction patterns. And and, and reaction patterns are, are in the chemistry between us. They're in the mm. chemistry field. So yeah. So it depends on what the chemistry is. There's this reaction that's provoked. And until you, again, you can work with those reaction patterns and disable them, you don't get to the rebirth. But if you're able to work with them over a long period of time, you get to the rebirth and you, you are, your rebirth is, is just that you're, you're just stable inside yourself. You feel a sense of purpose. You're reborn yeah. in every moment. Yeah. You're the same person. I feel reaction and I feel that. And my yeah. line in that is a six. Yeah. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. Um, and so the six lines also have a certain story to them. They tend to mature later than other people. Um, but when they do mature in later in life, maybe after the 50s, they really come into their own, then those people um, really flower in their in their, in their elder years, like yeah. you are, like <laughs> I am. You know, we flower later than some. So early on, that could be good to know in your 20s, in your 30s, yeah. when everyone else is doing really well and you're kind of thinking, well, I don't know, I feel like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. see behind here a bit uh it just takes time and so that six line because it's very transcendent and it and it it has to go through all these different paradigms and patterns before it learns um so yeah it's it's yeah. It's, it's a part of the storyline yeah, it brings new meaning to my dad's probably the most painful thing he ever said to me he's a very kind man my entire life he said honey child you're a slow learner <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh, I was exactly. crushed. I and was crushed. That's actually a gift. So once you kind of really understand your purpose in your own being, that's when you're ready to relate to another being. And that's the foundation of a healthy, any healthy relationship. And that's what the Venus sequence journey is all about, getting us simply to that place where we know ourselves. Absolutely beautiful. Richard, um, again, I'm just so grateful that you had this disconcerting download all those years ago <laughs> that took over your life, took over your destiny, your direction, that made you turn your back on a very viable, lovely other career, family uh, business to do this. That took a lot of courage, but how could you not? And we're all very appreciative of it. So we've just finished the Venus sequence. Okay. And here it's it's called Love golden path love and um i highly encourage people to dive into it and we're going to finish off our series of conversations with the pearl sequence so if you could take just a moment to tell us what the pearl sequence is about before we say goodbye yeah so so in the journey we've gone from activation sequence to venus sequence to and that's the pearl the next one so you go from individual to relational to collective and that's what the pearl is the pearl is about the collective flowering of consciousness and you can only get there once the heart has opened in the venus sequence so the heart has to open in order for us to get to true prosperity and that's what the pearl is prosperity so um i always kind of joke sometimes when people say can i just get to prosperity without going through relationships <laughs> <laughs> no you have to go through relationships and love but <clears throat> and that's what flowering is Flowering then becomes collective, and then abundance starts to come. True abundance, not just money, just at every level. So the pearl describes that incredible prospering 
as a collective. It's it's sort of the future of humanity. It shows us the future of humanity when once love has fully opened up inside human beings. So it's it's really a, a, a crystal ball moment. And in in your book, um, let's see here. I have a bookmark here. You talk about where we're headed. We're talking about collectivity, the collective on a scale of consciousness. And this is page 121 in the Venus sequence. And what it says here, and I'll just read this and then we're going to say goodbye. It says, we are now moving to what is called the sixth race on the level of consciousness. The sixth race has long been prophesied by mystics and sages, corresponding to the involution of divine essence into the astral plane, the realm of emotion and desire. The sixth race will bring transformation to our entire planet. As divine consciousness continues to descend deeper and deeper into form, it reveals its true nature. The coming epoch will see the sublimation of human sexuality and desire into unconditional love. The sixth race will be triggered through the 55th gene key and its mutation within the solar plexus center, the seat of human emotion. The Trivian race heralds the reawakening of this center and will allow human beings to experience once again the universal quantum field connecting all beings. So that's what we're all attempting to move into as a species. So I will leave it on that. And then from there, we'll segue into the pearl sequence next time. Richard, thank you so much. I so much enjoy our conversations. They're, they give people permission to see. I think this body of work gives people permission to see and experience themselves in our entirety not just try to cherry pick the good stuff and run away from the bad stuff. And it does it in such a beautiful way. So again, thank you so much for joining me today and helping break down our love or Venus sequence. Thanks, Regina. It's a pleasure. <laughs> okay, everybody, till next time, uh, you can always go to genekeys.com. There you can get your free profile and start probing into some of these things we spoke about um, today and all of the sequences. And then, of course, the books are available. And then Richard has a beautiful audio version of each of these keys and the lines uh, through genekeys.com. So I'd say take a nice deep dive in. And also don't forget Art of Contemplation as a foundation. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on Regina Meredith.com.